Welcome to Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow with your host, In Sung Kim. Sponsored by Hope in Mission, LLC. To connect with the show, go to insungkim.org. That's I-N-S-E-O-N-G-K-I-M dot O-R-G. Or listen to Insung on oneplace.com. And now it's time for Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow with your host, In Sung Kim. Hello, this is In Sung Kim from Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. Spring is here. March is here. I mean, it's beautiful. And wildflowers everywhere. I remember when I was little, um, just opening the door um, and getting uh, spring clothes, skirts, and go to the mountain and pick up the dandelion. And that was a beautiful memory that I had. And it's just, I love spring. And we will see a lot of poppies this spring and already in California. And it's so beautiful. And politics, talking about politics, is not as beautiful as we are experiencing spring, but we still have to talk about the matters that we concern. And watching international politics seems like, to me, is watching 3D Chinese Go game by multiple players. I mean, that would be awesome to have a 3D uh, Chinese Go game with multiple players. Uh, in probably near future, we might have that. Um, but uh, I will unfold what I mean by this uh, on this program about international politics. We have to have a multiple layer of the uh, view to understand what is happening. So in America, when the citizen of a nation depends on the government to solve the problems, solve their problems, the republic is already changed to totalitarian government. I'm not exaggerating. Not because the government gained power, but because the public gave them the power to do whatever they want to do by giving, him, giving up our right. I think I said a mouthful. I will call this passive action as a sign of losing our American exceptionalism as a democratic nation. As I watch what's happening, that's what's in my mind. And here's some examples, and I'm going to just give them, uh, give uh, our audiences some visualize of this, uh, what I'm about to share. So what if Seoul University, Seoul University is the top national university in South Korea, is afraid invite a government leaders like a Secretary of State who might talk about the anti-North Korea agenda something to think of. What if? What if? How, we, how do we view that? How, do, how would we view South Korea if that happens? And I will leave it to our audience to visualize and think about it. Because we, when we look at the Korea, we see clearly there's a North Korea and there's a South Korea. And the South Korea is a clearly democratic nation. That's what we believe. And North Korea is a communist country. So we have a clear picture, but when it comes down to America here, it's all intertwined, and we don't see the clear picture of what's happening. So in Seoul University in 
top national universities are afraid to invite the South Korean government leader to come to the South Korean top university. If they are afraid to invite the, that leader because he's going to talk about anti-North Korea agenda. Then I can say it's already t the university is taken. And recently, the President Trump, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, was banned from the entering uh, China. We all know that. And now MIT refuses, refused, they deny it, but Mike Pompeo to come to the campus as a speaker because they are afraid of that he might talk about anti American agenda. And New York Post uh, posted that a Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, unloaded an official at the MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, on Wednesday, accusing them of refusing to host him because he didn't want to upset their Chinese interest. Hmm. Speaking at the Georgia Institute of Technology, Pompeo accused the Chinese Communist Party of the poisoning the nation's higher education system and said American schools were censoring anti-Beijing dissent because they were hooked on Chinese Communist Party cash. So I've been talking about the national treasure, opening the treasure house. This is part of the problem that we've been experiencing, uh, but it's getting worse. And Arizona State University actually have that Russian professor teaching Marxism at the classroom. And it's not about socialism, like ideal socialism. We're talking about teaching communism. And so... Um, that's the one area about national uh, treasure house that we are we open widely opened up, and also uh, economic that we I'm going to talk about the economics. So we talk about growth of the GDP between the China and the U.S. last time. Uh, the comparison since 1980 to all the way to today, and it just mind-blowing to me, the how rapidly changes. And uh, one mistake I made was the uh, GDP, uh, U.S. GDP growth for the 2020 to 21 was not 1% and 10%. I made a mistake. But still, 20% versus 10%, 10 uh, that's a lot. The growth of the Chinese GDP and trade balance of the U.S. since 1960 co correlate with the U.S deficit. And I would just kind of remind ourselves, not like, yeah, we all know that. Then what are we going to do about it? Um, if there is no product to sell, there is no GDP. Then therefore, there is nothing to export. Then there is no income. The national debt keeps growing as we spend without the income. The solution of the unintelligent elite is depopulation, as well as dishonoring human life. That's their solution. And I was thinking about that. Like whoever promoting depopulation 
they have to show us an example as they have to they have to go first for us. I mean, if they are promoting, there has to be an example. They have to example uh, for us, uh, for they are the one has to be depopulated. And this issue has been really in my heart. This vicious cycle already started during President Nixon's time by opening the door to China. But let's just think about it. For 52 years, it's been 52 years since... Uh, is there more than 62 years, 40, 50, 62 years, 62 years. No leaders saw what kind of dangerous business uh, economic deal that we sign up for. Investing in China is like gambling. Un- the unrealistic hope for the return take us on this journey of investment for 60 more than 60-plus years doing business with China. But if there is like a surplus, deficit, surplus, deficit, and then it's just kind of something that we can consider. But for more than 50 years, the balance of the trade is continuously growing in negative way. I don't know what, I don't know what we're doing here. The negative trade balance comes mainly from China. This is according to the CFR.org. The U.S. import from China is over $5 billion versus the U.S. export to China is $151 billion. I mean, $500 billion. The China, the U.S. import from China is over $500 billion versus U.S. export to China is $151 billion. It's right there. There's negative balance right there. On the top of that, the annual inflow of the foreign direct investment, FDI, from the U.S. to China from 2011 to 21, is, it just went up. Uh, it shows the whole changes, uh, but especially on one year, it went up from 150 billion to 180 billion. So we'll keep investing, keep importing, and then we have a negative trade balance, and we are our debt is keep growing. And so why are we keep investing and doing business with? It to me is China Casino or hopeless ROI. Because when you go to casino, what do you do? We keep expecting. Keep expecting that something good things are gonna happen. For more than fifty years, sixty years, if we keep investing and there is no return, then I think it's time to wake up. And USA Today, the government spending is often designed to boost the economy, which means that in national debt and it country's gross domestic product, the total market value of all goods and services produced within the country borders are correlated. The national debt is typically the scaled relative to the GDP because this allows investors to determine the total amount of 
of government obligation to relative to its ability to repay these obligations, says Riyar Thomas, an economic economist at Wilmington Trust. So this is elementary basic mathematics to uh, demand and supply and what goes in, what goes out, and what is the left, what's the balance. So recent development of the oil deal is also interesting. While U.S. are buying climate changes, clean energy, energy here is the fact about the oil business. So as soon as former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi sanctioned purchase oil from the Russia, Saudi made a deal with the Russia to buy the Russian oil to have more reserve. So they are getting more oils. And then China had a deal with the Saudi buying a Saudi oil. So they are buying oil. And our oil price keep going up. Now it's it's coming down, but still it, it it's our cost. So New York Post, March 3rd, 2022. So that was last year it happened. But let's see gradual, not just not today's one shit. Oh, listen to the news. Oh, that's what happened. And then forget about it. Let's connect the dot. And that's why my program is yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So what happened? March 3rd, 2022, we sanctioned. And so... Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said Thursday that U.S. should ban the Russian oil import to punish Vladimir Putin invasion of Ukraine, breaking with the President Biden, who is resisting pressure to do so. So that's what happened. And then September 1422, and New York Times reads that as Russia messed amassed troops on its border with Ukraine and invade the country at the start of the year. Saudi Arabia Kingdom hold the company quietly invested in more than $600 million in Russia's three dominant energy companies. Then, over the summer, as, as the United States, Canada, several European countries cut oil import from the Russia, Saudi Arabia doubled the amount of fuel, oil, it was buying from Russia for its power plants, freeing up its own crude for export. Okay. And top of that, China buys oil from us. Oh, wow. So let's just keep going. That was uh, February 24, 2022. Actually, it happened last year. Uh, but as expected, Expert predicted, this is easternherald.com, the expert predicted recovering from the end of the COVID pandemic, China began to actively purchase huge volumes of crude oil from around the world, spurring the revival of not only the domestic market, but also the international energy sector. Until January this year, Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Iran were the main suppliers of the raw materials. But in the February, the trend changed. The United States came out on the top in terms of imports. 
10 super tankers are now heading to the U.S. and China, uh, Chinese customers are eager to take average uh, advantage of the window of opportunity created by another major market innovation from U.S. Um, SR, uh, SR, Strategic Reserve Oil, orchestrated by U.S. leadership. This is EasternHerald.com. So, unless we have a definite energy solution that solves the energy problem permanently without the crude oil, then it's not a big deal. Uh, we can have uh, various opinions on how we view this oil business as what's happening today. The near future history will tell us the decision we made and how it's going to impact us. We still need oil for a while, even if we have a clean energy and we have a permanent solution of the clean, the alternative energy solution. We still need oil to get there. So in America, again, when the citizen of the nation depends on the government to solve their problem, the republic is already changed to the totalitarian government, not because the government gained the power but because the public gave them the power by giving up their right. So I will call this as passive action, a sign of entrance of the surrender, unless we rise up. So 950,000 barrels of the hour strategic oil reserve sold to Unipac and Chinese-owned company based in Houston, Texas. Okay, so why Chinese-owned oil companies in our land, first of all. And then Unifac America is subdivision of Chinese oil company called Sinopec Limited. It's one of the world-leading corporations after the Walmart Amazon, of which most supply comes from China. So by the way, so if China raises supply price, they are doing already. These two leading company, U.S. company Walmart in Arizona, will contribute to the inflated economy with the mainly uh, Chinese items, not U.S. Made, made items. And and so, what in the world? The Sinopec Limited, the Beijing-based Chinese oil company doing the American soil. The sales happened last year in April. Did the market, U.S. market uh, make a profit? Or did the sales help the trade balance better favorable to U.S.? Are we getting a report about that? So primary economy is based on supply and demand. The sanction of the Russian oils reduced the supply of the U.S., created inflation, yet other countries are buying oil like crazy, strengthened the Saudi Arabia, and then, then China bought more oil from the Saudi. We are the one feels like left out, and they have OPEC plus without U.S. And again, uh, unless there is a permanent energy solution that can turn our economy overnight, we still need oil, minimum 30 years. 
even though we have 100 years of reserve. And even if we have a clean energy solution, we should, we should not make the same mistake as COVID-19 business by buying electric cars without further R&D, research and development. When we make a short-term decision whenever we are in trouble, we always make a mistake. So our deficit is growing. We're desperate. We don't know what to do. We create the business that it's not healthy to collect the more income through the tax. We are going in the wrong directions. And we have to reverse this as soon as possible. And a lot of people say, oh, America is over 200 years old. Every empire just came and gone. I don't understand Americans say that. Like, do you want to be like that? Do you want to altogether just be destroyed? I mean, we started this country with a very small number of people, and we came this far. And a lot of people shed the blood or they fought for this freedom. And then our generation, the most benefit out of it and saying, Our empire, U.S. empire, is over. I mean, why would, why, why do we have to say that rather than like I'm going to fight for this? It's not too late. I mean, we still have a lot of freedom, and uh, so a lot to do and a lot of things that we can do to change the course of our nation. And it's not from the government and not from the policies. It's from the people. And people has to, we have a majority, majority of the people. The only minority is creating these problems. We have a majority of being silent. That is a real problem. So there is a correlation between oil business and war. The study the U.S. deficit history, go back to just research about it, by each president shows the leap of the national debt whenever we enter war. The best economic growth happens when the nation is healthy. Nation is healthy, morally and physically productive with innovation when a country exports high-quality products that attract the world. That's the direction we have to go. The best way to lower the national deficit is to create the products that fascinate the world. Since our economy is tangled internationally, each nation seems like a corporation. When the U.S. economy is picked, the world will look up to America and American product. And the media, particularly Moody's music, will flourish and they were the front line promoting America, and not like these days. So why do we promote ourselves with the unhealthy and ugly image of ourselves? And why China trying to destroy American image through the social media with a walk culture and critical race theory? The answer is to damage the image of America for the marketing reason. 
diminish our economy. So where are we at today? Like I said, in America, when citizen of nation depends on the government to solve the problem, the republic is already changed to totalitarian government, not because government gained the power, but because the public gave them the power to do whatever they want to do by giving up our right. Thank you for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and we'll be back next week. Thank you.